0: Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes On.
1: All right. uh, Hi, this is Curtis. We're back for another episode of the Hughes On podcast, uh, joined by my friends Mike Tippett and Chuck Keeler. We're here to talk about a couple of pieces of content we received recently that we think are really valuable to our listeners, uh, more specifically called... Getting Stakeholders on the Same Page, uh, talking about the role and value of video for communications and employee training. Uh, This will be the first part of a two-part podcast series, so we'll uh, go ahead and get started.
0: Uh, These reports are written by Randy Palubiak. Randy is a digital media business communications expert and strategist, and he works for the Enlightened Management Group.
2: He runs the Enlightened Management Group. He is the Enlightened Management Group. I've known
1: Randy for about 16 years right now, right now, 16 years. He's awesome. Yeah, he's been an absolute pleasure to work with. I know that Chuck, you and I went down there actually a little over a year ago and actually uh, did a little video, a viral video series with him as well. So it's been he's got a lot of information, a lot of a lot of uh, expertise in this space. And so it's been fun to work alongside him. So getting stakeholders all on the same page, right? I mean, uh, let's talk about that for a minute. He
2: jumps right into it there uh, in the first part of that. And he talks about how the media manager, he says, you know, the media manager needs to do this and do that. And I asked myself, how many how many companies actually have a media manager and, and who who is or what is a media manager?
0: Good question. What is a media manager? Did that exist 20 years ago?
2: You know, I think it did. I think, you know, years ago, a media manager was the man or woman running the corporate television. You know, before before the transformation, before the big digital transformation, BTV, as it was known, business television, corporate television, was an analog experience. And there was a lot of satellite involved in it, people, you know, throwing their signal up and over and down to the different sites and so forth. Um, it was probably the haven of a lot of big companies there weren't a lot of little companies trying to do it because that initial investment was pretty high um, there was actually an organization formed it was called CMMA right yes Corporate Media Managers Association they you know they, they exist today it's cmma.org and I'll throw a shout out to those guys because they're a good bunch but uh, that that whole role is transitioning um, and you know I would say if you looked at Hughes Media managers, it's probably the men and women that sit in our office here because we're the ones driving it. We're the
1: ones asking for it, pushing for it, and looking to get it created. That's a really good point, actually, because I think we all kind of fit various capacities of a media manager. So, Tip, throughout your career, what how have you seen the role of a media manager uh, evolve? And what it, what is it, what was it, and how wh- have you seen it grow? Um, you know, I think historically, and especially if you sit down with a lot of these legacy
2: guys from cmma.org, it was a producer. Just like on the television channel, it was the man or woman who, you know, put together the shows, put together the events, put together the content, uh, and then I think you start start to evolve into more of a digital asset management role. Uh, and a lot of companies de-emphasized and de-invested in that role. Um, you know, I remember sitting in a lot of CMMA meetings, talking to people, and their their job, their group, their team had had reduced down, and it was it was one of those things where you said, hey. You're the one that can change that, you know, get in there and explain to people uh, how valuable video is and how powerful video is. Now what I think we're seeing is I think we're seeing a maturing and I think we're seeing the clock come back around to the other side where people are going, yeah, I've I've got to talk to the audience. I've got to talk to my employees, my customers, whatever the base is, and I need to have this driving force. So one of the things in the report, it talks about how the, the media efforts
0: aren't as centralized as they once were. They are now spread out because other departments have access to the equipment, they're using social media, they're using personal mobile devices. And so that's probably one of the bigger changes that we've seen in what we're talking about is that now you have to manage not just the one studio or the one media room, you're probably going to need to manage expectations at least and standards across the organization. When you've got people uh, in another building or in a different state who are producing content, And rightly so. You've got to kind of have
2: a wider spread. Well, he makes a point, you know, almost that it's a bit of a negative, and that is that you've got these silos, right? Uh, Different groups have said, oh, you know, I can spend $2,000, $3,000 and have my own ability to make video, especially in today's world. I mean, as we know very, very well, you take an iPhone, you take an iPad, you take, uh, you know, a small device like that, and you can record video and go to work on it. So you've got this distributed environment out there, People are, uh, are creating video everywhere. Unifying that to a degree, you know, you don't you don't want to force it back into where it all has to go through one place, but you want it all to look like it came from the same place. And if you're a C-level executive running a company, you want to know all the different places that can produce, bring them together and coordinate them.
0: Yeah. Part of that is that you have to establish standards. If you're going to have 10, 20, 50 different content producers using different equipment, having different lighting, different studio access or no studio access, the media manager has that responsibility to say, okay, here's, here's the standard that we're going to follow corporate-wide. Now, if you don't have the $10,000 camera, but you have the, the camera in your phone, we're going to address that. If you if we don't want anybody to use the camera in your pocket, we're going to address that too. So if you set some standards and let it be widely known, and that was the one takeaway that I think the biggest takeaway that I took from this whole document is that awareness there might be all the wonderful media equipment and everything in the world in your department as a media manager, but if the rest of the organization doesn't know about that and doesn't know what the expectations are, you need to get out there.
1: Raise your hand and shout. Don't hide. Well, especially too, they, they need to have access to that stuff too. Whether or not they know about it, It's if, even if they do know about it, they got to be able to access it. If they can't share their thoughts with modern technology, across modern technology platforms, then... I don't know what good it is anyway. So, yeah, because in, t- in talking to Pelubiak several times, um, he talks about, you know, how, I mean, and Tippy you mentioned it too, uh, about silos. You know, it's not knocking them down. It's just bending them over slightly so you can get access into different departments. Yeah, Randy and I were talking one time. This was uh, some number of
2: years ago about about this, and, and we both likened it to um, Mac users in the 90s right? You know, we, we were these guys that we, we went out and we bought a Mac and, you know, we quietly used it at work. And we didn't know that there were four other guys on the same floor or, or, or men or women that were using them. But then along come Mac user groups and stuff like that. We start to get a little uh, strength in numbers and we start to realize that, you know, we're not the Lone Island. I think the same thing is true. In fact, I, I've thought often about trying to organize, you know, what I refer to as a special interest group or a SIG inside the organization. Hey, are you interested in video, or are you doing video as part of your job? Hey, let's get together. You know, let's, let's do a video conference call once a month or, you know, every six weeks and just talk about the projects that we're doing, the ideas that we're doing and, and share ideas. CMMA, again, I keep throwing the name out there but the CMMA guys. That's one of the key things they do when they get together is they share highlights of the projects they've done over the past year. And that's the beauty of media, right? It can, it can spread across the silos. Well, and that's, that's another thing. Uh, you know, you, you sort of touched on right there and that is video in the corporate world today is not just about recording youtube videos or you know commercials or anything else like that it's video conferencing the the whole idea of you know having stuff on the screen um, is all coming together. And one of the things that that means is is that the, the responsibility for that is shifting, where the media manager back in the day, you know, he or she was responsible for the studio, was responsible for the uplinks, was responsible for all of that equipment and gear. Now, it's shifting to IT. It's IP equipment, and it's IP networking. and So the IT organization is taking ownership of that, and it's
1: not a bad thing. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know one of the statistics that, that grabbed my attention in this, uh, in this document was talking about the 61% of business leaders, they find that, that the key to greater success is collaboration of functions across departments. I think collaboration
2: is going to be a corporate topic uh, that's going to pop right to the top of top of mind studies uh, going out of 2019 going into 2020. Look at what we're doing right now. We're, you know, we're, we're beginning to use Microsoft Teams right where we you know that was selected and and all it's doing is it's allowing us to be more efficient in our collaboration video conferencing we've been doing that for a few years now it's certainly being adopted a lot slower than i ever thought it would But the idea of, you know, seeing your colleague on screen, your remote colleagues on screen um, is a great thing. But collaboration is, wow, it's the next step, right? The documents, the information, the notes, the the drawings, everything are right there in that virtual room. You drop in and you're just in the middle of it. You don't have to remember, oh, yeah, let's see, Chuck stored that one or it's on that third email. Remember, we get version six, not version five. No, no, no. We just keep it all. And then you get something cool like what we... You know, like what we're working with, and wow, we can we can co-edit. We can both be in the document at the exact Somebody's same drawing time, something on and making changes here and making changes there, and you it watch just, live updates. Yeah, yeah, it's really wild. In. Yeah, yeah. You know, Cisco and Microsoft both have created what they call Teams products. You got Webex Teams, Microsoft Teams, and I'm sure there's others out there, but that's it. That, That Teams product. I don't. I don't want to get pulled down into the the software or the technology. It's that collaboration. Marketing teams long have done, you know, let's go in the conference room, you know, close the door, we're going to, you know, we're going to bang out some ideas and we collaborate, right? None of us ever kind of come up with the one solution. But you take what he said, what she said and what they were laughing about and all of a sudden they merge into one really, really great idea. I like that yeah Curtis, one of the th- one of the you 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 like to talk about the statistics coming out of this report. Let's just set a bit of a foundation. First of all, you know we all know that in the consumer world out on the internet, the video traffic is dominating by you know 27 times anything oh, yeah. else right absolutely. Well, in, in here, you know, Randy's report says 82% of the traffic is IP video. Or it will be by 2022, 82% of the traffic will be IP video, but it's consumer and business. The business world is just drafting right behind that. You know, we're all at home at night watching Netflix and Hulu and catching up on the stuff that we want using IP video. Well, that is flooding into the business world, whether you want to call it by demand or by expectation. Uh, And I think that's phenomenal. I just, I really do. You hit
1: on something, it's getting everyone in the business on the same page quickly and and without having to go sit in a meeting, without having to go watch a PowerPoint. They can sit there when it's convenient for them and access the content that they need in real time. So, I mean, that's to the very point of the very theme of this article is getting everybody on the same page.
0: I thought it was interesting that it says, uh, WordStream reports 59% of executives say they would rather watch a video than read text. And that's
2: executives. That's executives, right. uh, yeah. Uh, so the number is much higher with the general, uh, I think so, population. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, for a long time, we all assumed an executive wanted like a half-page summary. You know, just just boil it down for me. But no, they're like they're, they're, they're like the rest of us. Let's let's watch
1: it. Well, yeah. and more than likely, they're going to be, especially if they have a video that they can access, It, they're going to be pulling out their iPhone just like we are to consume that content right in their hand. Whether they're riding the train, they're in the back of a taxi, you know, they're getting ready to board a flight. They're going to sit there and consume that content in a way that's convenient to them on a device.
2: I, I'm in conversation right now with a, with a gentleman who's, who's offering to provide us some, some different services and help. And we have been going back and forth a little bit. And he said, you know what? Send me, send me a quick email. And just tell me some of the pain points that you have in this particular area. He so said, then I'm going to throw together a screencast and show you a few of the things that we might do. You think about that for a few days and we'll decide whether or not it's worth going on. And I was like, that's perfect. That's just perfect. I'll throw you four, five, six, ten bullets of things that I'm concerned about, why you caught my attention. And then he takes and makes a video come back. So sometime here this afternoon, the next hour or two, I expect to get a little... Uh, you know, a little video back, and I, I think that's phenomenal. What if your what if your weekly report to management was a, a video. video? Yeah, uh, we like we like a tool called Vidyard. You know, we've been using that around here. I think it's great because uh, it makes it easy to email video stuff around without getting caught up on big attachments and whatnot. Man, click, record, bang, send. It's fantastic.
1: Well, yeah, and then there's other tools that we played with, like point drives on LinkedIn, stuff like that, where you can put in little snippets of stuff to keep and, and, and really get real-time analytics as to what's happening. And to your point, just the vendor you're talking about, everyone on the same page in an organization, now you're talking about everyone on the same page across organizations. So not in, it's not intra, it's inter, it's inter, I guess. So you're going to have some collaboration. He's going to now have appreciation for your pain points and develop a solution that solves your problems.
0: We're seeing a lot of value in sharing content right now. And we're seeing that content that is video-centric is going to be m- much more shareable than the non-video content. So I've seen this, this growth in, in business and, of course, in so- social media and everything, where if there is a video worth watching, I'm going to be more likely to share it with my colleagues, and they're li- more likely to share it around, they're more, li- more likely to put it on LinkedIn. I can't remember last time I shared a body of text with one of my colleagues other than when I needed to, I had to as part of the job. If something comes across my desk, although it might be interesting, if it's in video form, I'm 10 times more likely to spread it around.
2: Just again, to kind of help uh, as the listeners are thinking about this and how can I, how can I take it to my company? How can I take it to my organization? Listen, digital collaboration, you know, video is a big part of that. And I think one of the things that comes out of the article Randy wrote here is the value of that, you know, power there. And it, it, Listen, it's going to eliminate confusion. It's going to improve cooperation, communication, and culture. And it's just going to bring about better business results. And if you say, you know, Randy titles these articles, uh, getting the key stakeholders, who are the key stakeholders? Well, here in our company, it's going to be, you know, the executive vice president of global IT. It's going to be the IT organization themselves. And I think it's going to be a group like ours that's driving to use more video. Get those three groups on the same page, right? Expectation wise, and and I find when I meet with you know when I meet with the IT organization, um, it's interesting. They they are very excited to help us, uh, very very excited to help us, and and pick you know technologies and get things in built in, but they have such a unique view of our business. I don't even know exactly how to describe it, but they just have a very unique view of our business.
0: I like the quote that says, uh, according to Forrester Research's 2019 report, The Future of IT, uh, it says, quote, business leaders will move into an immersive, team-driven partnership with IT as the underlying technology becomes inseparable from the offering, experience, and financial performance.
1: The IT team is an essential ingredient to getting things like this built out for many many years Randy's one of
2: Randy's key um benefits or claims to fame or or offerings when he goes into work with an organization as a consultant is he can moderate that conversation between the business group and the IT group right whether it was Randy literally translating this is what they mean when they say and you know hey listen don't worry they want to bring video into the equation. It's not going to, you know, kill email and kill business processes. So he's, he's been very, very good at that. And, you know, Chuck, again, what, what you were just saying about that Forrester, that Forrester piece right there, don't talk about the technology. That's just, that's just there. It's, it's inseparable. It's, it's bringing about the experience that we truly want. And I, you know, when I was talking a minute ago about working with the IT people, um, when, when we want to sit down and chat, the vice president of IT here and I, Shah Bazzotti and I, we, we open up a video conference window every single time now. We just boom. And to see each other and talk, it just makes the whole conversation so much better than, you know, emails back and forth and so on and so forth. So I, I think it's phenomenal where we're going as a company, and I think this whole um, angle and what's covered in, covered in this is, is terrific.
0: You know, I've, I've grown to appreciate and love and prefer video conference over a phone call and that, that's something I wasn't expecting to happen very quickly. Being on a few conference calls where my camera's on, everybody else's camera's on, we see each other in our different buildings, in our different offices. It seems so much more effective. The communication seems to go up. So that's just a little side note about video
1: in, in conversation when it comes to- well, I mean, just think of what we got accomplished yesterday in 20 minutes. You know, we had a meeting with our, the entire marketing organization yeah. on the, the business website Redesign. You know we sat there and we were able to look each other in the eye and air whatever grievances may have been there, but also share excitement for what we're trying to do and make sure everybody's on aligned on the same goals. I mean, we use the same tools we're talking about, and all five of us for that that are on that project are now on the same page. and Meanwhile, and, we're looking at the same thing on the same exactly
0: screen on a different yeah. screen, same thing. so part of this part of this white paper by Randy Pelubiek, he talks about how to get it done, how to make it work. What kind of equipment do you need? He says, Along with the content, the production values, including good audio, lighting, and composition, need to be representative of the corporate brand. It made me think of an MIT study. One of our coworkers workers uh, was at a conference where MIT was talking about their study where they said production quality is typically less important to Generation X, Generation Y, but extremely important to millennials. We're, at a, we're in a time right now where you can produce something that with high quality, with minimal cost. I think that's partly why the millennials expect high quality. The study says that if you're watching, if a millennial is watching a video and the production value is super poor, they tend to turn away. They turn it off. They
1: go somewhere else. The older generation, not so much. So what does that mean for business? Well, I mean, I, I think this all comes down, at least from my perspective, this all comes down to knowing your audience. I mean, you, you, look, at the, you, look, you look at the way that Apple you know, their, their, their commercials for the iPhone have evolved over the years. You know, it used to be just a single image of somebody zooming in on a flower, right? But now it's all about the experience that their people are having and their iPhone is their partner. Right. Or lack of a better word, their their tool for sharing their life. And so it's if you know your audience and I think Apple's done a magical job of this is they see an advertisement of somebody that's driving down the coast of California, holding out their iPhone out the uh, out the window. And they're having an incredible experience and they're doing it with an iPhone that everybody has. And so, again, it goes down to knowing your audience. The millennials, they crave information. Generation X—they crave information, but they crave it in a, in different ways. They so, crave,
0: they demand a certain level of quality when it comes to that, because correct. that's what they what they're used to. They're not used to the the tube TV. They're not used to the analog way of life that most of us are in business are used to. This new generation—they
2: like the 4K. They like the quality image. You know, I, I'm going to say you say 4K right there, and I'm going I'm going to stick my my two cents in there. Um, I th- I I I don't disagree with you. I would love to peel back that MIT study a little bit more and understand. You know, is it okay? Well, if it's not HD, they're they're not paying attention. But 1080p is that enough, and so on and so forth. Because the one thing I will say, being a um, a department head in a corporation right now, one of the points I wanted to make in this discussion was don't feel like you have to have 4K monitors and 4K cameras in order to get into this business, right? You know, um, I strongly encourage you to have high definition, you know, have 1080p, which I don't know that you can buy a camera anymore. You certainly can't get a phone that doesn't do that. Uh, But you know what? Rather than an 86-inch 4K monitor on the wall, get a 55-inch standard 1080p and get six of them, you know, to go into six conference rooms instead of having one that was just... Uber Ultra. So I think there's a balance there. I think there's, you know, and again, just because the one generation seems to be, uh, you know, demanding it a little better, a little more. I guess my only comment is, is that we just have to have a little balance in there.
0: That's where the media manager comes in. The media manager says, we're going to set standards for equipment and quality and, and all these different things. However... We're not going to require these higher level 4K, 8K, etc. That's where the media manager says, "Hey, to protect our brand, to reflect our brand, we're going to we're going to say this. If we create stuff on our phone and it's shared with a limited audience or with our colleagues with each other, that's absolutely fine. That's okay for us. If we're going to create a commercial, obviously, or something that's going to be a part of a, a broader campaign, we do it in the studio. So, um, really, it's just up to the organization and, and how they want to to manage that. Yep.
1: I think it's prudent at this time and certainly thank Randy Palubiec for his insight. But there's he kind of ties it all together at the end. And I think it's really, really cool. And, it, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and just share what he writes at the end of this. And he says, whether we like it or not, companies are in the age of digital transformation where new technology and applications are changing rapidly and customers and employees are demanding organization keep pace with the implementation of new and innovative capabilities to support their use of media devices for communication, information, and training, including, if not especially, as it relates to video. And then he goes
0: on to say, To be successful, they must cooperate, communicate, and collaborate across the multiple departments and silos to ensure that all voices are heard, the requirements are identified, the right solutions are selected, and guidelines and procedures are established. When done correctly, it will drive business results as stated by Forrester Research, quote, as the underlying technology becomes inseparable from the offering, experience, and financial performance.
1: How do you take a team like that and be focused on trying to get collaboration but without too many cooks in the kitchen?
2: Well, I think it comes down, it, the, the, the first and foremost, or the first and most important piece is that you have to keep everybody in their lane. Yep. Just because you're collaborating doesn't mean I want you over here telling me you know how to do my piece yep. right collaboration is i'm doing my piece you're doing your piece and we're making sure that the two of them are going to work well together and that we're talking
1: back and forth that's like, exactly right and
2: that we talk along the way so that you don't you know the, wor- the worst thing in the world is when you take two woodworkers and you describe a project and you say you take this part you take this part they go to their separate shops and when they come back nothing lines up yeah right but if they get together periodically along the way and collaborate then it comes together beautifully same thing's true in business. So it's it's a matter of it's a matter of managing people to collaborate, but to stay focused on their own on their own projects, their own piece of the project even.
1: For sure. Great insight. Thank you. I think that's gonna wrap up our conversation for today. I certainly appreciate you chuck and tip and uh, definitely all thanks go to uh Pelubiak as well for your excellent insight. We look forward to having you join us again in the future.